Welcome to today's episode of Accountable Arizona. Today, I spoke with local activist Lefty. Lefty's energy is contagious. The backbone of a heat relief space that helped give many experiencing homelessness a space to go during Phoenix's brutal summer, she inspires me daily to live the change that I want to see in my home state. Her TikTok reminds me how necessary mutual aid is to bettering Arizona. I appreciate her passion, honesty, and energy throughout the conversation we had. I hope you do too. Please be advised that this episode contains some strong language. Where are you from? So that's a kind of loaded question. My father was in the uh, United States uh, Air Force, and we, uh, we, were, we lived overseas my entire childhood and entry into young adulthood. So Europe is my easy answer to that, because I grew up mostly in European countries and uh, I am dual national with Spain. So, but the, I mean, obviously it's going to be on a military basis overseas is primarily where I grew up. When did you come back to the States? Uh, my, the first time, so I was uh, born here in the States, but we left before I was a year old. And basically, we came back briefly, and I'm gonna grab my dog here because he's driving me crazy. We came back, back to the States when I was about 13. We were here for a year in Florida until uh, we were stationed somewhere else again. So I was briefly was back in the States, but I didn't, origi- I didn't like come back to live in America until I joined the military which is when I was 22. Uh, but even then, because right after I joined the military, it's like I was stationed in Hawaii, but I was on a destroyer ship, so we went on a couple of deployments. So I don't really consider myself having really returned to the United States until I exited the military, which was in 2014, and I was like 28 or something like that. What do you love about Arizona? And if love isn't the word you use, what are, do you think some of its redeeming qualities? So this is a difficult question to ask me because like I entered Arizona because I had a very tenuous tie to this place. When I left the military is under uh, bad circumstances. I was spiraling through alcoholism and my own issues. And I had family, American family that I had never met because my parents at the time were in Belgium. I didn't want to go back to Belgium because when you join the uh, military, they send you back to where you came from. I came from Germany. Like, I don't. What am I going to do in Germany? Uh, I couldn't go to Belgium. Uh, I didn't want to go to Belgium. And so I was like, where in the States do I want to go? I'd only ever been stationed out of Hawaii, and it's really expensive to live over there. And honestly, I'm very glad I never went back because now I know a lot more, obviously, with land back and with what's actually happening in Hawaii that I didn't know when I was stationed there. So with all of that, I came to Arizona because I had family here. My dad actually is originally technically from here, and I had American family I'd never met. And I had a couple of friends, one from the military and one from high school. I came here. Uh, I would love to say I love Arizona, but it's been a bad relationship the entire time I've been here. What I do love, the little bit I've been able to experience is the nature and beauty of it when it's not, you know, the dead-ass heat of summer in the middle of Phoenix. Like, it has some beauty when I've been able to go up north and stuff. So, gorgeous aspects of it and where we haven't, like, roamed it yet. Sigh. And what communities do you see yourself most in or most important to you within Arizona? Well, late, lately, you know, honestly, this is like, like would have been a question, but like, I have no communities. But lately, I do have a community because, I've, you know, I've entrenched myself within the mutual aid community. And while I feel like we have struggles, especially with the COVID uh, situation happening and not being able to be in spaces with each other in community like we would have been in the past, it's still the mutual aid 
you know, scene down here, even though like uh, some of y'all, you're like, I'm smiling right now because I've had some issues. I've had some big issues with the butting heads with people, but the mutual aid community down here. And I say that with like all the groups and all the things and all the work I've done down here and a lot of individuals, which I won't name individually. I don't want to like call them out, but like, that's what I love about it. There is a lot of care here, even while I am showing the community how little care there is, especially from government. There is a lot of care for each other here and it's usually along the lowest incomes <laughs> yeah <laughs> take care of our own yeah what do you think's the biggest lesson you feel like you've taken from the work that you do and it doesn't have to whether it be how to be better or something that just I, I, it's kind of like just really cliche but it's really like how we're all literally human we're all just the fucking same inside. Even the people, like, I, like when I say the people, when I say the people, I'm talking about white cisgendered men. That's usually, that's my biggest problem. I'm very open about my trauma and my issues with my uh, with men who consider themselves to be cisgendered and mostly white, especially when they have their privilege. And so, like, that's my biggest issue. And I forgot what the question was. Um, <laughs> yeah, <so> but lesson. <laughs> lesson. Um, lessons with this wait i'm sorry what was the question the question was what's the biggest lesson you've learned through oh yeah you? so okay even those people even though those people i want to fucking choke them they're still people at the end of the day and they've they've come to where they are because of the issues within our society just like i am the anti the archetype of fucking lesbian drama fucking karen haircuts that i'm sure i'm on their social medias with like that other archetype is just as human as I am. We have our own experiences. Now, I firmly believe that I'm correct, and so do they. Unfortunately, they're correct is destroying the planet and literally everything. So <laughs> that's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> what, with the heat and all of the, a lot of thankless work you do, what do you think is one of the driving forces that brings you back each day. Uh, I'm, I'm actually really glad you asked. This is something I don't think I really touch on a lot. I actually fucking hate doing this work. Um, I have a lot of struggle with interpersonal relationships. It's mostly due to my trauma. Um, I've, I'm recently self-diagnosed with autism. I, I have some kind of attention disorder. I have been diagnosed with a CPTSD by the military, major depression disorder, alcoholism, all kinds of like this cadre of things. And like, I don't like people. It's kind of like something that I'm learning now that actually is kind of common to people who get traumatized like I do specifically. Like we put up these barriers, we put up these things because we've been hurt so much by the people around us that that's how we protect ourselves. Saying that, I still do the work because there's still value in it because they're human beings. And I, that's, the, that's the thing that always gets me, that always gets me at the end of the day is that I'm a human being and this is how I would like to be treated. <laughs> that's literally it. And I don't know why that's a fucking difficult concept to grasp. Even while like I don't like people, like, like doing this work, like this is a heat relief space. I have had to kick people out of here. I've had to ban people. Like we, that was one of the biggest things is that I didn't want to ban people because that's what establishments do, right? But I've had to ban people for my safety you know, my own personal safety. And that's something that I've had to come like at a level with, like I'm doing these things that I don't really necessarily agree with on a bigger scale, but like here for my own personal safety, because that's what happens. Like it's being left to this one little space, this one little person, that's all I can do. And that's all right, that's all right. That's the difference when people are like, oh, you're doing it. Yeah, I'm a fucking little person. I don't have money. I don't have 
programs behind me. I don't have education. I'm a traumatized, highly traumatized individual doing what I'm doing because it's fucking necessary. Because if I weren't doing it, it would not be done. Right. I'm sure that was very hard on top of having the weirdness of interpersonal Really. I mean, it's not hard to me. It's like it's honestly. It's it, now I realize it's autism. It's like it's that's the way it is. It's the black and white thinking of autism. Facts. Yeah. It's always been like that to me. And so I'm just like it's just why don't you see it? <laughs> so with that knowledge, thankfully now I've thankfully thanks to TikTok, I understand now that I have autism, which has actually clicked a lot of things in my mind. It, it has done a couple different things for me. It's it's making it's actually relieved a lot of the guilt that I've had put upon me by mm. society. Like, because I don't react ways I'm supposed to be reacting. That's another thing that's happening to me is that people are unloading on me. And it's hard. It's hard. And sometimes I can't listen to it. Yeah. And like, so that guilt aspect, thankfully, there was a point in time where I was feeling like guilt because I can't, I can't do this. I can't do this. And then finally, I'm like, I wasn't fucking built to meant or meant to do this. It's not my fucking job. I'm doing what I can. Right. And what I'm doing is a lot. And maybe sometimes it's not the best way, but it's something, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's really what's gotten me through all of this, is that even though it's not perfect, it's helping. And yeah. it's helped some people a lot in, in really substantial ways. So, And even, you know, even for the people that have it just helped them for one second, it was a second they didn't have. So those are the things that keep me going as well. Yeah. yeah. It's like the starfish story where... Oh, it mattered to this one starfish, yeah. That's always been... Because I think, like, I have ADHD, not... I've... I know there's a lot of comorbidities between um, autism and ADHD, so I, like, I'm not... like. Yeah, that's what I used to think, too. I was like, I just have ADHD, and then I was like, am I sure? (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't sure. (laughs) Yeah, but that emotional, like wait because it brings the guilt but then when you people are unloading it's like you're taking it all in anyway and then you can't help break the the biggest thing is that what it has done is that it has made people now perceive me as being ruder and that is the trade-off that i've had to accept like there's a couple instances just today where i didn't interact in a neurotypical way because i'm fucking over it because of the things that i do i don't have the capacity or spoons to put on that mask anymore and these are things that i understand now so the mask is off and i say i don't care and that hurts their feelings and i don't care and unfortunately and i say unfortunately because i really don't want to hurt people's feelings but like and that's the like we have these kind of like and i I call this it's a white problem it's a white problem primarily even though other people do fall into it who aren't white but it's a white problem primarily that we have this socioeconomic thing for politeness because politeness keeps us in our fucking place right and like if you're nodding your head because i know that you're on the same fucking train everybody else who's looking at this and nodding their heads (laughs) you're all on the same fucking thought trains we go we we all get on this train that once we realize we're like it's all fucking bullshit. Yeah. It's all bullshit. It really is. And that's I start calling it. As <laughs> it is. That's part of the like kind of I guess leading into the voting questions mm-hmm. of there there's bullshit candidates. Bullshit can honestly, I'll be upfront with you, I think they're all bullshit candidates. Even the most best ones that I'm about to talk to you with like love in my heart. Yeah. It's all fucking bullshit. I really believe, this has like been a slow process, but I truly believe that the system we have now has to come down. Why? Because it wasn't built for everybody in mind. 
I don't give a shit what anybody says. It was not built for black people. It wasn't built for brown people. It wasn't built for indigenous people. It was built for white people and only some of them. Yeah. And you cannot ask anybody to participate in a system that was not built for them. Yeah, it's not. You just can't. No. And that's where I'm at. Yeah. Especially with like voter suppression. Like, that's actually one of the, I don't remember the props off my head, but I do have, like, we'll go over it. One of the props, like, it's voter suppression bullshit. <laughs> so, the thing is, is that it's hard on purpose, too. And, you know, who's got time for this? Right? Exactly. That's no. always been my biggest thing right. of vote shaming, of, like, you have to care, you have to care. It's like, people don't have time to care. They don't have time to care. They don't. The people who have time to care are people who have money in whatever aspect or yeah. they're retired because they have family members because they made it yeah whatever whatever it is you have time because you have money yeah. it's actually something that i've been struggling with a lot being in this space that's something i hadn't thought about so the space hours are noon to six it really fucks my day up honestly i was like yeah i can do that all summer it really fucks my day up like because you know it's like i don't especially now understanding my autism it really and my ADHD, it really fucks up my time things. Like, I feel like I can't do anything in the morning. <laughs> and then I feel like I don't have time to do anything at night. <laughs> and you're just really bad. It's really, it's been really bad for me. Uh, in an organizational standpoint of, like, my own life. Who are you excited to vote for? Absolutely nobody. Not a single fucking person, because I don't believe any of them are actually going to make change. If I have time to vote, I will. Just because I do say, like, if we can all... It needs to be all done at the same time, because... I don't want to depress you. You probably know we're losing, guys. When I say we're losing, that means like the right, like yeah. the the actual right thing, the actual equality for everybody, actual living wages, actual housing for everybody. We're losing and we're losing hard. Uh, deaths, many, 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 many more deaths, and those people are not going to get a chance. So that's why I don't believe in it. Um, maybe even like a year ago maybe a little bit longer i used to call myself a liberal you know i was like proudly i'm a liberal because i didn't understand what those words really meant and i didn't understand anything really i just thought yeah vote blue vote left yeah it'll be okay and i was doing that i was doing that for a very long time and then started getting involved in activism and i started showing up to city councils because that's what you're supposed to do you know and i yelled at them you guys have seen me yell at them I've done it many many times and like, you know, just I, I'm going along a track that many people have gone before, which black and brown people have been telling us that they've been doing for years. And it's just, I, I'm, I got with my impatientness and ADHD-ness and my trauma-ness, I've just gone off. I'm already like, I did it for a year. I'm like, didn't work. Let's, let's yeah. try something else. I'm at the something else that I can't say because I don't want the CIA to get to me. But yeah. like, it's, I don't know what to do. It's really bad. I really don't think it's going to work. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to sit down with my mail-in ballot, because I have that privilege, and look at Chispa, AZ. Look at Poder in Action. Uh, look at Equality Arizona. Look at everybody that I can and see what they say about the candidates and hope for the best. I mean, District 7, Yasmin Ansari was our baby in blue, like hope for the dreams, and she's doing a fucking shit job. She yeah. is doing a very terrible job, and all she cares about is optics. And uh, Gallegos, I mean, all these fuckers, it's just they're the, all the fucking same. Yeah. And the system needs to completely come down. So, yes, vote for what we can get. Yeah. But also, I encourage you to do something else at the same time. And I think mutual, without like straight up pitchforks and felonies, mutual aid. Yeah, the most direct yeah. way that. And that 
And I guess this touched on what you said earlier with we're losing. What, as a citizen of Arizona, scares you? I'm, I'm scared right now. I'm actually at the point where, like, I already have friends and people who are privileged enough to move away are doing so. I, I still have that privilege, so I'm heavily considering it before I get trapped here, because eventually I will get trapped here. I'm a disabled veteran. <laughs> my, my GI Bill will run out, so it's just like... That's that's the one thing. It's like, when do I really give up and save my fucking ass and the people that I can save with me? Because I'm not going to be able to do it all. Yeah. So it's just like, kind of hoping a commune will drop into my lap. <laughs> a piece of property. I don't, the lottery. I don't, I'm not even playing the lottery, but maybe the lottery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's really it. Um, just keep doing honest. For me specifically, I'm a GI Bill student. I get my income through the GI Bill. Uh, I have about a year left. That's my timeline. If things haven't like crazily changed, if I haven't gotten a piece of land where I'm doing some like really direct on boots grab stuff, I might have to leave. So hopefully that works out for me. That question of safety again. Yeah. It, it, it is a very difficult thing because like there are people here that it's like, I, there's people here that I'd have to take with me because if not, they'll probably die. Yeah. So it's just like, <laughs> thanks system for <laughs> like, yeah. I just posted recently, uh, this, uh, this other night that, uh, me and my partner, it's like a person that we personally know who's close to us. Like got picked up on a really old warrant, which was really interesting because like the we they're working with their probation officer and their probation officer didn't tell them that they have a warrant. Like this is something I'm gonna have to go back. Like and that's something that sometimes people need. They just need somebody to go with them and be like, why isn't this being done? Why it's not happening? Because for whatever reason, it's not being done for them. And that's something I do understand with the military because when you get processed out, there's a lot of things that they they do tell you or they don't tell you, and then you get out and you don't know. Like, they, they have a class, but, like, if you didn't catch it the one ten second you were in the fucking bathroom, you just didn't know about Bach Rehab. And, like, all these other little things. And it's just, like, the system's so difficult. And we just say, they didn't figure it out. They didn't do this. They didn't get to this one appointment on time. They didn't get these heat relief supplies that are only open for a month. Or, you know, it's just these limitations. And it's fucking outrageous, honestly. Yes. I don't know what my question is again. No, you're good. Uh, <laughs> there, it was... Just what scares you, and then we went into... What scares me? I guess losing my own housing, honestly, because that's where we're all going. It's happening at a rapid rate. I have people reaching out to me constantly asking for housing because I post about this stuff, so they hope maybe I'll be able to help them. The last people that I talked about, the ones that with Chicano por la causa, they didn't actually get in anywhere. They ended up going to California, so I hope they're okay. And that's, that's a lot of times, like, I, there are so many people whose lives have touched mine in some manner, and I don't know the rest of their story. They're somewhere else now. There's a lady I put on a Greyhound bus one day. I hope she's okay. <sighs> yeah, a lot of blood. A lot of starfish that <laughs> throw up, but I'm bad with metaphors. Uh, the last question before, or I guess last written question I have was, Arizona has a long history of white supremacy and it's, if not growing, um, how do you think we fight it? How do, as some, like, what would you tell someone? Uh, honestly, I mean, anything you can do is something. Like, I understand, like, a lot of people are always like, well, I, I actually, I did, I made a TikTok a, a while ago, and I knew people, it was probably going to get misunderstood, but I did it anyways. And it was me dumping ice into the coolers, and I was like, are you literally just sitting there while the world is ending? 
and I gave people a crazy look yeah. and I kept filling the coolers and people were like, well, I'm disabled or I have this. And it's like, that's the thing is that there's still something you can do. I understand that you might be disabled or you have XYZ things and we just have to find something we can do. I am a disabled veteran. I have physical disability. You can't tell. I have mental disabilities. Maybe you can tell. <laughs> um, um, but like, you know, it's just like, I'm doing what I can. I can do more than some people because specifically because of my trauma. So I'm doing what I can. And I'm just saying, do something, share a post, talk to your family members. You know, you got that uncle who runs a store, get him to put water out for free. Talk to them about addiction and how people still deserve things when they're addicted to things. Start sending them down the liberal, the leftist. Yeah, just, just talking, honestly, humanizing it is the biggest thing. Um, there was a, there's a person I kind of know. There's a gentleman here who works at a store somewhere, and there's a woman who is homeless and lives outside of a store in the bus stop. Um, the woman uses fentanyl, and this man, the store owner, tried to help her at some point and tried to get her into housing. Whatever happened, it failed. She ended up back in the bus stop, and he's very bitter about it. Mm. And this is some, and he's very bitter. He, he walks outside of the store when anybody tries to give her aid and screams about it and says, she's on fentanyl. Don't help her. Oh. It's a worthless cause. She can't come off fentanyl. And this woman's like 70 to 80 years old in a wheelchair. And it's just like, meet people where they're at, you know? Like, I've had so many people that I have tossed out here for maybe a day. Because like, that's what the thing is. The rule is if you break the rules, you're banned for one day. And they come back. You know, just give people grace. It's like, and if they can't be in your boundaries, then give them the grace outside of it. It's like, you don't have, like, it didn't work. Maybe you can heal on your own in your store versus walking out and spewing your hate on others. If it didn't work, stay away from the work that others are doing and don't impede in it. That's the biggest thing that I say. Try something, but make sure you're not getting in other people's ways at the same time. It's hard out here. It's really hard out here. People are trying the best. And I do say that, of course, with like, you know, obviously if you see people doing direct harm, no one is like, like, like a lot of like church groups. And this is, I really, really hate this. If you see the groups that are, there's, there's facets to this. Obviously, sometimes you can share a face and a story, but if you're saying, let me take a picture for this blanket, that's gross. Yes. Like, so like as with all things, there's facets, there's multitudes. I always say, how would you like to be treated if you're in that position? And really, really like, would you like, pretend, if, do you want a blanket? Well, you have to say, believe in Muhammad if you don't believe in Muhammad or, yeah. uh, I'm sorry, I don't know anything about religions. I'm not trying to be uh, rude. So it's like, if you don't believe in Christ or whatever, it's like, you wouldn't want that, right? Yeah. You don't so want to be a prop. You don't want to be a prop. So just consider it, whatever your beliefs are, consider how you would act in a, kind of like a similar thing. And I think if people really took the moment to see themselves in other shoes, they would really be in a better place for it all around. Honestly, I just... It's, I feel like that's the biggest problem. It's like, just no, there's no imagination. Sometimes I can't imagine myself in other people's shoes, but if I stop and think about it, we'll get there. Last thing, uh, what would you, I hate calling it a plug because that just feels weird, but I know you're working on the uh, Community Fridges project, mm-hmm. correct? Is there anything to share on that? Um, <clears throat> well, I know you also have, I don't want to, uh, like, are you trying to ask me, like, what's next for Lefty? Yes, no. What, would you, like, I'd love to be able to direct 
people to like your link tree with resources and you oh, do such okay. a good yeah, job yeah, yeah. of having like, my, my link like the, the the fucking the gofundme still we're still doing shit we're gonna wrap it up we're gonna do a big thing we're still doing the uh, the coolers we got another order of coolers and, and that kind of stuff so unsheltered phoenix is always gonna be okay. me and sophia actually yeah shit i could talk about this I haven't really done it yet. So me and Sophia, we're, we've been trying to find a moment to scrape together. Me and Sophia of Unsheltered Phoenix are going to start a YouTube channel together. Mm-hmm. Um, with my, I have the capabilities of like all my editing skills and other stuff and obviously her brain. She's got a very beautiful, lovely brain. I love it. Um, and a lot of knowledge and great stuff. So we're going to come together and we're going to build a new YouTube kind of with a lot of the questions that people have had for us in longer format. Like um, the encampments in Phoenix. How, like like what they look like, how to handle them, how, like, if we were a reasonable society, how to handle them and stuff like that. And this actual ways that hopefully might spark communications and maybe get done. (laughs) Like it's something that's the stuff that my partner thinks of and is describing is something that could be done today if our politicians just decided it was the right thing to do. Amen. It's literally within our grasp and all the money that we're squandering literally squandering so yeah big project coming up between me and Sophia uh I don't think I'm allowed to say the name yet okay well we'll keep it under wraps yeah we'll We'll keep it it. just keep an eye on my channel or on Shelter Phoenix we'll be all over it building all the I always admired Lefty's ability to say how it is I'm forever thankful to her for the work she's done to make Arizona better You can find more information on how to keep our unhoused neighbors and the various projects she's working on at her link tree, which is l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e forward slash leftover mutual aid, which will also be linked at our website. Stay accountable, Arizona. And as always, thank you to local artist Junk Dior for providing intro and outro music all of your days.